Welcome back to the Fantasy Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Show Ali, Matt Marchese alongside you as we're here for another podcast, Waiver Wire Tuesday edition of the Fantasy Show. Of course, you can catch us live 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern every Sunday morning across the Sportsnet Radio Network, Toronto, Calgary, Vancouver, and wherever else you grab your favorite podcasts as we do every start, sit, injury news and notes, and of course your texts at 590-590, the people's text line. Leave your name and location whenever you do text us, and we'll get to all of your waiver wire questions, your start sits, anything fantasy football related. You can text us on Sundays. Look, if we don't get to your questions on the air on Sundays, we will answer literally every single one before kickoff goes at 1 p.m. But Matt, another crazy week in the NFL. Week three now officially in the books. And look, the uh, it was a bit of a bloodbath this week, don't you think? I mean, there was one team in my half PPR home league, okay? And uh, it's a two QB league as well. So maybe scores are a little inflated. But one team launched around, I want to say about 190 points in half PPR last week. And that same team with almost the exact same players this week, I think struggled to crack 100. I feel like if you manage to get in a half PPR league, if you manage to get like 125 to 130 points this week, I dare say you probably did pretty well for yourself. It was a, you're right. It was an absolute nightmare this week. Like I, I play in, um, in one of my dynasty leagues, mm-hmm. a, a really good week because we have first downs, because we have two flex spots. It, a really good week is about like 200 and. 15 points average is between 190 and 200 if you want to be a playoff team and one guy put up like 240 and not one other person cracked 200 like we had like 130 scores 135 it was it was it was the uh the deshaun jackson of weeks it was literally boom or bust this week it felt like and the the performers that you thought were were locked in a guy you know like Justin Jefferson who had a really good matchup against the Lions but he didn't have a good matchup against Jeff Okuda and he was held to basically nothing as Adam Thielen and KJ Osborne were the ones that took all the spotlight and then you had the situation in in Tampa with Brady against Rodgers and those two kind of canceled each other out didn't have great games and you expect better from them most of the time it just it felt like the there were other people and we're actually going to get to some of them who you weren't starting that had good weeks and that's probably why the scores were as low as they were this week yeah that was a league where i started brandon cooks michael Pittman jr michael thomas and stefan diggs and i think they all combined for like maybe like 20 points combined or something like that which is yeah that is there's stars in there like yeah, that's yeah. the best part it's and you know what's going to happen next week next week all four of those guys are going to blow up and they're going to be the only four that you needed to start exactly exactly yeah it's, it's it was a pretty uh pretty awful week three but it always reminds me of that gif from uh the uh that that movie on netflix where where uh he goes like the guy goes he like, has a noose around his neck and he goes like oh first time huh <laughs> and you get yeah. like okay yeah that's how it gets kind of how it feels like when it when it comes to the uh, the weekly fantasy football uh rumblings but before we get to the waiver wire i want to i want to throw a couple players at you and i want to get your opinion on what you're doing with these guys right and for i would say for the most part all three of these players are guys you probably drafted I, you know, I would say, well, certainly for one of them, very, very highly. But I would say even for the lowest, quote-unquote, ranked of these three, you probably drafted them all in the top four, maybe five rounds. So I'm curious what you're doing. Are you buying 
selling or holding on any of these guys. And I wanted to start with Austin Eckler. What are you doing about Austin Eckler? Because it, it, it really does look like it is a full-blown timeshare. The Chargers just frankly look awful. Justin Herbert is clearly injured. And then you have the litany of injuries elsewhere up and down the Chargers lineup. They just lo- I believe they just lost their left tackle for the entire season. Uh, their backup left tackle, eh, not so great. They lost a couple of receivers as well. Probably won't impact the uh, box score too, too much. Jalen Guyton, I think, done for the year, but he was the fourth option. There's some guys on defense that have been lost. Uh, is Bosa going to come back with a groin injury? Like There are a lot of injuries to the Chargers just up and down the lineup, but Austin Eckler is concerning because you probably drafted him, I dare say, with a top three or a top four pick, and he's not injured. He's just not being used all that much. It's a really weird situation uh, with the Chargers because he was so effective last year. And I, I guess in part there is some let's try and keep him healthy because he did have that nasty hamstring injury last season that kept him out, I think, for eight weeks. I think there's some of that let's keep him healthy for the playoffs. But also, don't you have to get into the playoffs for that to matter? Um, for me, I look at you know the loss of Rashawn Slater means probably a lot more quick passes a lot more dump offs which is what austin eckler turns into fantasy gold a lot of the time if i have him i'm holding if i do not have him i'm buying i just think that there's there's upside there in half ppr and ppr formats just because it really does look like the chargers are going to be in a lot of high scoring games i mean the offense wasn't great against um the jags the jags did a good job like let's not take away anything from jacksonville but the Chargers are going to have to score points here. They have injuries all across the board. Forget on the offensive side. They're without J.C. Jackson, who played the one game against the Chiefs and then clearly came back too early. And then they're also down uh, Joey Bosa, who's got a significant groin injury by the sounds of it. I mean, he's hurt all the time, so that's nothing new. But what it means is that you're going to be in a lot more high-scoring games. And... and Austin Eckler's got to be a part of that. So I wouldn't be trying to trade him right now just because his value is never going to be lower than it is at this particular moment. So I'd, I'd hold and then see what happens because even if you're you're kind of out of it because that was a guy that you were counting on for a lot of fantasy points, later on in the year, there are injuries. Guys get desperate and they're willing to pay a premium even for a guy like Austin Eckler who's struggling because there is that upside with him. So hold if I have, buy if I don't. I will say, yeah, if, you, if you're if you selling at this point, you're probably selling at the, the, the bare minimum of his value, like you're saying. And also, the other thing, too, is even if you were selling at the very highest end of Austin Eckler's value, given that he was probably drafted with a top three, top four pick in a redraft league, then... You're, you're probably never going to get an appropriate return for what you feel like you spent on him in the draft, right? So you're probably right. I think it's probably a hold time on Austin Eckler. Uh, what about Kyle Pitts? Kyle Pitts is someone we have uh, opined about, let's say, through the first two weeks. And he finally comes back in the week three. I think he had something like three or four catches, 80-something yards. So a, a much more... Uh, a much better result for Kyle Pitts in week three than the first two weeks combined. So I guess Arthur Smith heard all the complaining. And he's like, all right, you have fantasy football nerds. We'll finally throw the ball to Kyle Pitts. They kind of did. And it looked, and, it, and again, as you might imagine, it looked like a good result and a good thing to do for their offense because he is their best player. But are you, are you buying on Kyle Pitts? I can't imagine you're selling him, but are you buying Kyle Pitts if, you're, if, if it's possible for you? 
I would like to, but I feel like the price is probably still too high. Even though he struggled the first two weeks, right? That we we talk about it all the time on the show on Sunday. That positional scarcity of you know, especially elite and tight ends. Like Kyle Pitts is still going to finish the season with over a thousand receiving yards. I think I would be willing to bet bank on that. And if there was a time to buy, it may have been after last week. But even still, if you if you drafted Kyle Pitts, you're looking at him. Like, I'm one of those people. I have Kyle Pitts in the league that you and I are in together. And the first two weeks were dreadful. But I feel like there's still upside, regardless of, of what Arthur Smith says about well, this is not fantasy football, and we're just trying to win games. Well, you're not winning games, so you might as well just get him the ball in, in hopes of winning because that's how you win. Get the ball into your best player's hands. I think that the first two weeks were a bit of a mirage. I I wonder if some of it was maybe just the, the on-field relationship with Marcus Mariota. I wonder how much that plays into it. And I, I think that it's kind of wheels up here for Kyle Pitts. I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he if he has more receiving yards and more catches than he did last season so I, I mean if you have a deep roster if you if you were one of those teams that punted on the tight end position and you decided i'm just going to go pick up whatever is left at the back end of the draft and i've i've stacked up with running backs and wide receivers if you have a plethora of players at those two positions that are very good and you can afford to maybe kind of quote unquote lose the deal in a two for one just to get that elite tight end to really round out your roster i would do that maybe not this early just because lots of things can happen but that would be the type of deal that i would be willing to make and and maybe overpay a little bit just to round out my roster but other than that like if i'm if i'm like one and two and my team is is mediocre and and i think that kyle pitts is the difference i I mean that that seems like a stretch to overpay for me i'll throw one more at you and this is a quarterback um i was initially going to go with alan robinson jr but i think most people are probably holding on to him for now but uh, i wanted to start with uh with Derek carr because we're talking about teams that are zero and three I, I could be wrong. I believe the Raiders are the only 0-3 team in the entire yep. NFL. And, uh, yeah, that does not look great. Honestly, if you told me that, if you were, like, from the future and you told me that Josh McDaniels is going to be fired and be coaching Mac Jones again before the end of this season, I'd be like, eh, based on what we've seen so far, I don't think I'd be that shocked. I'm hoping that the Raiders are a little more patient than that. Uh, but then again, a lot of high expectations for the Raiders. And uh, Derek Carr, I think, was a popular pick probably by both of us, and I would say most by most people, to take a bit more of a step this year with Devontae Adams added to a healthy Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro. Hunter Renfro, not super healthy. He was out this past week. Devontae Adams' reports are that he's uh, frustrated. And Derek Carr just looks like he's not getting the ball necessarily out there on time now he had a decent week I believe he only threw I think he had only the one pick he had two touchdowns 300 a little over 300 passing yards by the end of that game what are you doing with Derek Carr I I think in in one QB leagues you probably have a better option in 10 to 12 QB leagues but if you're in a two QB or super flex league I mean you have no choice but to roster most most quarterbacks in the entire NFL what are you doing about Derek Carr this is such a tough one because I feel like there's still an adjustment period here. They're, listen, their offensive line is not very good. And I think that's part of the reason why they have seemingly struggled out of the gate. And that's why maybe Derek Carr is not able to get the ball out of his hands a little bit more. 
it it almost feels like they need to incorporate a little bit of what Matt LaFleur did with Devontae Adams and, and using him more on screens and using him more on slants just to get the ball out of Derek Carr's hands quicker and get it into your playmaker's hands. Devontae Adams is one of the best receivers in the in the league. Um I there's something about this situation that stinks. And I know it's not just the 0 and 3, but Derek Carr was a player that I had in my top 10. I I feel like this if there was a time to buy, it would be now. Because they're 0 and 3, because the shine is off of them because Everything has seemingly gone wrong, and yet you still look at this offense and say, Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro. Now, Mac Hollins is is apparently uh, this great deep threat who, who was bouncing around from team to team, and now he's putting up really good numbers. So, I mean, Derek Carr is going to get his passing yards. I think he'll be able to, to tame his interception numbers. So if there was a time to buy Derek Carr in two QB leagues, it's probably right now, to be honest. It makes me sad, uh, Matt. Matt. I, I, I definitely thought I definitely thought Derek Carr would be a top five QB this year, and I also went out of my way to draft Derek Carr in my one-two QB league. And uh, let me tell you, I'm one and two in that league. And I, I and again, I, I'll be to be fair, it's also because I probably drafted uh, Travis Etienne, and uh, you know, if we're talking about buying, selling, or holding, if I could sell Travis Etienne, honestly, honestly, I would do it, but uh, I don't think I can afford to at this point. So I think I'm just going to hold on him. But uh, but yeah, Derek Carr, the whole Raiders offense. You're hoping that better times are ahead. I will say this: through three weeks last year, James Robinson was, I believe, RB 25 or RB 27. I believe is what it ended up as. And uh, at the end of last year, James Robinson was obviously a a uh, very valuable piece people were keeping and uh, looked forward to having. So I think, I guess what I'm saying is buying, selling, or holding regardless, I think there's a lot of guys who by the end of this season, we weren't even talking about in week three, essentially, right? Maybe some of them are guys we're going to talk about on the waiver wire, but there are players that are not even on most people's radars, probably on a lot of people's benches that haven't even come on, come into their own. Like, I mean, Jonathan Taylor certainly hadn't picked up by week three of last year, right? It was kind of like in the last what, 10 weeks of the season, so in week four or week six, let's say, is when he really picked up for him. So there's still a lot of time left, and uh, your fantasy season is not over in week three unless you have somehow gotten injuries to everyone. I'll say that. But um, let's continue with the waiver wire. And, you know, why don't we start with Matt Collins? Because we were talking about the Raiders and uh, rostered in just 2% of Yahoo leagues. I felt kind of bad. There was a guy in the text line. And, again, people can text us every Sunday morning from 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern at 590-590. And we do answer all the questions, even the ones we don't don't get to on the air. But some, someone texted us, Matt, about Matt Collins. And was like, hey, Matt Collins is available on the waiver wire. What do you guys think? And we were like, nah, go with some other guy. And I luckily, I'm pretty sure the guy he went with also had a decent game. But Matt Collins had a, an absolutely monster game for the Raiders this past weekend. Yeah, he did. And he's he's used in that kind of deep threat role with the with the uh, Raiders and and this this pickup would be predicated on the health of Hunter Renfro he does have the concussion and as we know um, concussions are brain injuries and there's no such thing as a mild brain injury so that's why I think he had the day that he did teams are honing in on Devontae Adams so that certainly doesn't help Um, listen he has 19 targets through three weeks he's coming off the monster game against the Titans the key for me here is 10 of his 14 catches are for first downs. 
Like, that's not insignificant because it means that he's getting past the sticks. And the way that the Raiders' offense has been going, it's usually more than four or five yards. So I I think it's a, it's a good kind of speculative ad here uh, based on the health of Hunter Renfro. And, and you've got to kind of play it out. It's not going to cost you very much. I mean, some guys will overpay if they have a hole at wide receiver. I don't think this is a guy that you're going to get into your lineups weekly. It's probably a, a boom or bust type player uh, because he is that deep threat, but certainly a guy that if you are hurting for wide receivers, that should be on your radar this week. Yeah, Mac Collins is it's not exactly the most conventional of pickups, and he may he may not have a lot of rest of season value, but uh, certainly if Hunter Renfro continues to miss time, and it's possible, it's definitely possible, then Mac, Mac Collins may not be a bad pickup. I wouldn't recommend spending like a ton of fab dollars let's say or burning like a number one overall priority on someone like Hollins but I do think that's a uh, that's a good place to start hey Zay, Zay Jones another previous Raiders wide receiver a uh, rostered in just 10% of Yahoo leagues I believe former Buffalo Bills yep. wide receiver as well he actually had a good stretch with the Bills too which is I was very optimistic about his future well, he certainly looks pretty good with Trevor Lawrence. I mean, again, no Cheneau. He certainly seems to have supplanted Marvin Jones Jr. to a certain degree as well. And after Christian Kirk, Zay Jones is the guy that Trevor Lawrence is staring down most of the time. Uh, how much money do you think is, is worth spending fab-wise on someone like Zay Jones? Because I, as much as I would like to have him on my roster, Matt, I feel like Christian Kirk is the number one option through the air because he is an absolute target hog, which is which is phenomenal. Uh, but also, you know, Travis Etienne and James Robinson do take up a lot of targets as well. And James Robinson, they also just like to run the ball a whole lot. So how much, like, how do you balance getting someone like Zay Jones on your roster? I think if you spend like 10% of what you have left of your fab dollars, I think that that probably should get him. Like, this is prob- this is a good ad in deeper leagues. Like, if you're like 12 to 16 team leagues, this will be a really good ad. He looks like the secondary option in the passing offense, even ahead of Marvin Jones, who who had an incredible touchdown catch. But, you know, Zay Jones, 10 catches, 85 yards, one touchdown on 11 targets. He has 24 targets in three weeks. Find me a guy on the waiver wire that's averaging eight targets a week. I just think it's a really good ad. He clearly has some chemistry with Trevor Lawrence, and it's gotten progressively better over the, the first three weeks of the season. I mean, he's not number one on my list this week of wide receivers that I want to go out and get, but as a secondary option for a team that maybe maybe you have Chris Godwin out or um, you have maybe some guys underperforming like an Allen Robinson, I think Zay Jones is a nice little add. Um, and the fact that he's only rostered in 10% of Yahoo leagues in an offense that is pretty good and pre- maybe maybe just maybe that secondary option in the Jags offense in the passing game proves to be a fruitful one as a as a weekly flex play. I want to hit up a couple more of these waiver wire ads. I know you have a couple more as well, and I have one to throw at you that's a little over 50% rostered, but I'm just curious in in the tight end world how much you should be spending on guys and and your guy is Tyler Conklin rostered in 21% of Yahoo leagues. And my guy is David Njoku, someone we were talking about previously. I believe he is rostered in 52% of Yahoo leagues. That went up by a little bit, certainly after his performance on Thursday Night Football. But Tyler Conklin, I want to start with, certainly, because I, I was... I remember when we did our, our start sits on Sunday uh, Sunday morning on the Fantasy Show proper, and we both noted that 
Joe Flacco, Joe Flacco likes to use Conklin as his security blanket, and that's exactly what happened again. So if you're in like a half or even a full PPR league, Tyler Conklin has some pretty serious value, especially if you're streaming tight ends. Having said that, Zach Wilson is supposedly going to return in week four. I just, I wonder how much of a change to that offense we have to be prepared to see whether it's using Brees Hall and Michael Carter more whether it's throwing the ball to Garrett Wilson more or less Elijah Moore more or less Braxton uh, Berrios more or less and Tyler Conklin's in there too like there are actually a lot of guys you can consider rostering on the New York Jets uh, roster and uh, from a fantasy perspective that their value might like it might not but it also might drastically change with the uh, QB change from Flacco to Wilson that's the only potential issue that I see here. That That's always concerning, but there's a reason why he's the safety blanket is because the offensive line breaks down and they got to throw short to somebody. And usually that's the tight end in this offense. Listen, I didn't think I'd ever have Tyler Conklin in this conversation, but here we are. 24 targets in three games and double digit points in full PPR in every week. I mean, you can't find that on the waiver wire that's just consistency and i know the week one was he he had some targets but he was his numbers were kind of buoyed by a, a touchdown but the last two weeks the numbers have been there and and that's where if you are struggling at tight end again if you punted at the position and you're streaming i mean i would probably wouldn't go more than five percent on a guy like conklin I'd, I'd probably spend a little bit more on david and joku partially because of the athletic profile and the other thing is we know that there's not going to be a qb change until whatever it is week 11 week 12 when deshaun watson comes back so that's i'd be i'd be more inclined to spend a little bit more on Njoku, but i wouldn't go more than five percent on a guy like conklin especially because of that qb change and we just don't know what that's going to look like yeah, that's the thing, right? Like, I, I picked up Garrett Wilson, like I'm sure very many people did, um, either at the beginning of this season or on the waiver wire. And I'm, I am, like, I'm not worried necessarily because, like, we talk about draft pedigree usually comes through. And I, having said that, I mean, pretty much all of the rookie wide receivers in this past year's draft has been absolutely phenomenal. I think Sky Moore is, like, the only guy, and Tyquan Thornton hasn't played a snap yet. But, I mean, a lot of the guys drafted in, like, the first two rounds have all been very, very, very good. And uh, I, I am curious to see how much that wins out in terms of is Zach Wilson going to push the ball to Garrett Wilson, let's say, over Tyler Conklin? Is Elijah Moore going to be that guy? Like, there are a lot of options in New York, and I'm curious to see how many mouths can be fed specifically by Zach Wilson as opposed to uh, as opposed to elite Joe Flacco. Um, let's wrap up on a couple more. Uh, Romeo Dubs, another wide receiver. You, we tend to go a little wide receiver heavy, I would say. Rostered in 25% of Yahoo leagues. Uh, a popular preseason hype train, dare I say, like to a certain degree, or maybe sleeper train, because it's not like he was being drafted super highly. Like this is a guy I picked up in the, I think the second last round of a bunch of drafts, and I've been holding him for a little while. I'm sure many people have been holding as well. But Romeo Dobbs, through the first couple of weeks, not really doing too, too much, but finally catching a touchdown. And again, rostered in just 25% of Yahoo leagues. Are we going to believe that after Alan Lazard and probably Aaron Jones as well, that Aaron Rodgers has finally uh, had some trust in uh, old Romeo here? Well, Romeo Dubs, the, the eight catches, 73 yards, and a touchdown against the Bucks, who are a good defense, is, it's a, that's a good line. And it feels like he is gaining the trust of Aaron Rodgers. He out-targeted Alan Lazard, who was supposed to be the guy. And at the end of the day, Aaron Rodgers has got to throw to somebody. And I feel like that's going to be who it is. I know that, that camp hype gets a little bit out of control 
And Christian Watson, certainly, you know, he had the injury and then, or he had the drop in week one, then he got hurt and it just hasn't, hasn't worked so far. But for Romeo Dubs, he's been there. He was there all through camp. He made some great catches in camp. And then when the game started, yeah, there's an adjustment period, but it could have been just that it's going from college to the NFL. And now he's starting to get the grasp of it. And he's really starting to understand being an NFL player. And I think that's why I think you have to take a chance on a Packers wide receiver at some point because Aaron Rodgers, yes, Aaron Jones is going to be the guy. A.J. Dillon's going to get his his touches too, but they're going to have to throw the ball to have any sort of success. And Romeo Dubs seems to be the guy that, that at least is available right now that you can go out and grab on your waiver wire. Like I'd be willing to spend like 15 to 20% of my remaining fab to get him because listen if he finishes the year with 900 yards and six or seven touchdowns that's a weekly flex play and you could do a lot worse than that every single week i'm curious to see what the production does end up from from romeo dubs by the end of the season if only because uh, it's it's not like we're expecting dubs to become the new jordy nelson out here right i think but i mean the other the non primary receivers in this Packers offense over the years I mean certainly with Matt LaFleur but even before him uh, with Rodgers at the helm have been pretty productive so if Romeo Dubs who's a rookie manages to eke out a little bit of Rodgers's trust I think that actually bodes pretty well for him so yeah 25% just rostered in in 25% of Yahoo leagues for Romeo Dubs um Khalil Herbert and Jamal Williams are guys that I'm curious where you fall on and of course Khalil Herbert Rostered in 49% of Yahoo League, saving the best for last, dare I say, on this uh, waiver wire pod, because I think they're probably, each of them, if they're not already rostered, going to be the hottest pickup of the week, if only because it certainly looks like, at least for the Lions, that they're considering resting uh, DeAndre Swift for a little while. Now, because DeAndre Swift has gotten injured basically every season since he's been drafted, uh, Jamal Williams, I gotta imagine, is pretty highly rostered. Yeah, 62% rostered. So he's probably not available in a lot of leagues, but I mean, I, I think it goes without saying that if you are a DeAndre Swift owner, hopefully you have him, or you're going out and grabbing him off the wire, or from another owner if you don't. Uh, maybe, or, or if you're a Jamal Williams owner, maybe you're trying to go and wheel some deals for DeAndre Swift, if that's even possible at this point. But Khalil Herbert, rostered in just 49% of Yahoo leagues, Matt, and I, I don't know if David Montgomery plays because he had a pretty... It, it wasn't the, the worst-looking injury, but he did have a knee and ankle injury on the same play. He didn't come back to that game. And in his absence, the Chicago Bears, who really don't like to throw the ball, it would seem, to much to your your dislike, I'm sure, because you're a big Justin Fields truther, um, Khalil Herbert got like 99% of the touches it certainly felt like. He had, I think, what, a pair of touchdowns? And I, if David Montgomery misses any time... If Khalil Herbert's on your team, I got to think that based on the way the Chicago Bears have looked so far, no matter who the opponent is, you probably have at worst a, a locked-in low-end RB1, and depending on who the opponent is, maybe a high-end RB1 if they're not so great against the run. Well, he was incredible. Like, And Montgomery went down, and he was ruled out very quickly. That was yeah. where the concern lied for me. And Herbert just comes in, 20 carries, 157 yards, two touchdowns, adds two receptions. Like... Even if the Montgomery injury isn't serious, Khalil Herbert has proven that he's a very capable back in the NFL. And he's going to have a role in this offense because of, for the reasons that you outlined, 
the fact that they don't want to throw the ball a lot with Justin Fields. And he's a, clearly a high-value handcuff. And I wonder, as the season progresses, if they continue on this path of not throwing the ball, if he's going to have standalone value as a flex play while David Montgomery is, you know, your high your back end RB1 high end RB2 every week because of how they distribute the touches. I I think I think he's got to be at or near the top of your waiver priority if he's available. Like 49% means he he probably is rostered in your leagues. Um especially like if it's a 12 team league, he's rostered 14 absolutely. 10 team, I'd be willing to take a flyer on him especially if I have David Montgomery. It's worth it because of how they're being used. The Jamal Williams thing, like Jamal Williams, if DeAndre Swift is not playing, is locked into an RB2 role. Clearly, he's the guy. The offense is playing well still, and he's the guy who's getting the carries inside the five-yard line. He's got high touchdown upside every week. He had another two this week. I mean, th- this is this is a player that, and, I, and I'm guilty of it. I did not trade for him in a dynasty league when I should have, and now the price is too high, and you just can't do it. So uh, Herbert... Williams, those guys are at the top of the list for me. And like I had mentioned previously, Romeo Dubs is the wide receiver that I would target at the top of my list right now. Uh, Matt, before we go, uh, a couple more things, just because it's a it's a bit of a unique week this week. Certainly there's Thursday Night Football in a couple of nights, Dolphins at Bengals, and the Dolphins, of course, uh, upsetting your, your, your beloved Buffalo Bills, um, which was absolutely stunning. But that's going to be a fun matchup because the Bengals have been a little up and down this season. So don't, be, don't forget, I just want to, you know, another public service announcement. Don't forget to not start Thursday night players in your flex spots. Please don't do that. Friends don't let friends start Thursday night players in flex spots. But also, prior to the fantasy show concluding on Sunday morning, we will have, I believe, a London game as the Vikings and Saints will be playing in England. Uh, any any advice for people maybe changing their lineups based on how to uh, prepare for a, for a very early morning Sunday game? Because on the East Coast, 9.30 a.m. Eastern, which means 6.30 a.m. Uh, Pacific, you definitely want to ro- you definitely want to make sure your roster is set appropriately prior to kickoff at 9:30 a.m. on Sunday morning. Yeah, my advice is do your lineup the night before, because generally speaking, you're going to have an idea of injuries or anything pri- like the night before, just because of the time change. So I think just just mind Twitter, mind um, wherever you get your news from and set those guys into your lineup before and make sure they're not in flex spots because um, God knows I've been there by accident. And uh, and that can get really dicey, especially with some guys that are, are questionable leading into the afternoon games. Yeah, I think one guy, for example, you want to monitor prior to Sunday uh, Sunday kickoffs. Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas of the New Orleans Saints. I believe he had some kind of, like, he suffered some kind of toe injury. So I think you want to just monitor to make sure they're not going to, maybe they just, um, maybe they decide to not play him, or maybe he is going to be limited in practice. You just want to monitor the usage of all players who are injured before early games, and certainly before the Thursday nighter uh, at any point. I don't think there's any major Thursday night injuries prior, other than maybe T. Higgins and a potential concussion, but that that's the only thing you need to monitor, I think, for the most part. But uh, Matt, good luck with with the waiver wire pickups, I am going to do my best to see if Tyler Conklin or Khalil Herbert will make it onto my squad in a particular league this week. Uh, good luck with your waiver <laughs> wire pickups, and I will uh, talk to you on Sunday. Sounds good, buddy. That is Matt Marchese. I'm Show Ali. You've been listening to the Fantasy Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network.